630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Busy night in the NHL. The Devils are up 5-1 on the Canadians in the third. Also in the third, Rangers leading the Islanders 4-zip. Penguins leading the Stars 5-0. Capitals lead the Blackhawks 3-1. Hurricanes up 2-1 on the Leafs. Meanwhile, in the second period, Bruins and Red Wings 1-1. Sabres leading the Flyers 4-2. Lightning up 4-1 on the Panthers. Blues and Predators 1-1. After the first period, Minnesota with a 2-0 cushion on the Senators. Three games, uh, pardon me, four games coming up later, including the Canucks and Ducks and the Jets and Flames. Oilers in Anaheim on Friday afternoon. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos radio 630 ched having a lot of fun tonight i'm in the 630 ched information center until eight o'clock we got our street team members out front you can come get a mini football uh, i'll come out and say uh, hi to people after the show if uh, if you want to check in they had the concert going on everything's set up all the fun and uh, two more eskimo alumni joining me first of all former offensive lineman hector pothier hello hector how you doing Rick? Good. N- nice to see you and former uh well how do i introduce you defensive lineman slash linebacker slash special teams wizard Jed Roberts. Yeah, just call me slash deaf. (laughs) 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 Well, it's funny. I hope that you guys don't mind me revealing this. Before we came on air, you guys were sharing hearing aid stories. Yeah. That's what happens when you get a little bit older and a little bit deafer. That's Uh, why I played left side of the line. Yep. So you could hear the quarterback. Well, I started it right, and then the uh, year we made the first year we were in the Grey Cup, uh, or not, wasn't the first year, it was the second year. Anyway, I when we went, when I had to play tackle because uh, what's his name got hurt, I ended up uh, having a hard time hearing the quarterback. I had to s- kind of cheat on the ball and look at it and yeah. see it get snapped because I couldn't hear it. So oh, that's geez. the following year I switched to the left side. Oh man! And did you was it, at that time in your life was it difficult for you to talk about that or tell the coach you might have to move or how did it go? Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, difficult. But I, as a rookie, I never told them absolutely not. You know, you don't want to give them anything to think about other than you're you know trying out for the team. But yeah, once once we once I was on the team and I was secure that way. And, you know, when it became a problem, they had to know. Yeah. I mean, Jed and I, we, we've talked about your hearing challenges in, in past yeah. shows. So we're, we won't rehash everything. But one of my favorite stories, that you, I think it was when you were in a few months ago. Yeah. And you said, you, you know, you could hit a guy just a little late sometimes and then just look at the official. Well, I, I didn't yeah, hear yeah. you. Know I, you know I, I can't hear. I the benefit hear. of the doubt. It was the craziest thing. But I was the guy that would work the referees, right? And like, hey, how's your wife doing? You know, I saw you. you know. And so uh, they, they, they used to kind of cut me a little bit of slack. The other thing was that Damon Allen, who played with us and we won the Great Cup 25 years ago in 93 in, in Calgary, um, after that year when he left and moved on to different teams, he knew that if I was looking at him in the huddle that I could read his lips. So he would always grab somebody and put him right in front of him. And so I would move around and he'd move the guy while he was making the call. So it was like a little chess game going on out there. It was a lot of fun. See, I love that. All the little things behind <laughs> yeah. the scenes. You would never have revealed that while you were playing. No, 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 no. Did your teammates know you could? you were doing that? Or you just totally keep it to yourself? Um, not until I was, like, like Hector, right? I didn't want to, uh, you know, when you're first trying to make the team, that's not something you really want to 
put out there because it could be it could turn into a liability. No, so. but but that you were trying to read the quarterback's lips. Would oh. you would you say to other guys on D like, okay, I think I got it here? Or? Oh, you know what? Like that was just a matter of survival for me. I've always <laughs> used that. You know, I use that. I used to get my friends dates in college that way at the lunchroom. You know, like, hey, that girl's talking about you. Wow, that's awesome. You know, and I'd say, listen, it's up to you to steal the deal. I got you. In, but, you know, yeah. like if you act like a moron, I can't help you there. You know, so yeah. then, then then you won't want to say yeah, what exactly, you say yeah. when you read the lips. Uh, yeah. Hector, okay, so you got what the you got the five in a row, and I, the eighty-seven, right? Uh, but you weren't there in ninety-three. I wasn't there. In we had a couple of your eighty-seven teammates on the show: uh, Tom Richards and Larry Ruck. All right, they were here last hour. Oh, nice. okay, yeah, they're downtown as well. Eh? Larry Ruck, uh, like he had that reputation, at least from what I remember. Like he was just one of those like rugged. I, I, would, I guess I don't want to necessarily complain. He's still fooling everybody, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was my roommate. And uh, okay. he was like, he always had a plan. Like, we would be go to a city and he'd be like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. And I couldn't argue with him because I was younger than he was. So he always had, like, our, our clock was punched. Like, every time, every city, he had a plan. So, uh, yeah, he, he always showed up prepared, whether it was the game or off the field or whatever. We were always active. We were always getting after. Because the so, plan you're talking about is... Uh, uh, just post-game. restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah postgame. Where going you, out for supper. Yeah, yeah just where you wanted to get some pasta to refuel yeah, yeah, after yeah. the game. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he, he taught me a lot, you know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing him. Let me put it that well, way. Well, he's around somewhere. Yeah. I haven't been able to go out here and mingle yet, but it, it, yeah. it's looking great. Hector, uh, I mean, winning winning five great cups in a row is, is tremendous. It's, it's highly unlikely to ever happen again. Okay, I thought this was the actual Grey Cup at first. There's a guy yeah, right? outside the window who's, yeah. got, who's got a big piece of, he's yeah. got a big headgear that looks like the Grey Cup, and I only saw the top of it, wow. and I thought, well, this is great. They're bringing the Grey Cup yeah. right to the information center. It was just a guy with a funny hat. I mean, five in a row. Um, you had all those great players. You're winning so many games, but it's got to be week after week, and then in the playoffs year after year. I mean, you, you, you guys got everybody's best every week. I mean, as much as those teams are revered and loved in Edmonton, let's face it, the rest of the country hated the Eskimos because they were beating them all the time. Oh, that's true. So what was that like? Yeah, exactly. At that time, we were not exactly loved by the rest of the league, especially the fans hated us. Yeah. We we just were lucky. I mean, uh, as you know, we have our Legends Lunch coming up uh, that was sponsored by Canadian Tire this Friday. We got 60 guys from the alumni across the league going to be there and found out today that uh, Coach Campbell's coming into town he'll nice. be at our luncheon as well so all the guys will get a chance to chat and get together and say hello and see everybody but yeah that was a phenomenal time because commonwealth stadium was sold out it'd be packed there'd be you know 53 or 56 thousand people and it was loud and it was it was it was a great time to be a, a, in edmonton and be playing football I, I gotta ask you about uh, coach campbell then i guess it ties into the the news we had this week, you know, the Oilers made a coach. I was playing Hitchcock comments in the next, in the last half hour about how he wants to get the team to play, his expectations, yeah. how he wants. Was oh, that who they hired? They got hired yeah, Ken Hitchcock, Hitchcock yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it, tell me a little bit about Hugh Campbell's impact on you and that team, and maybe tell me a little bit more about about the practices and the expectations as opposed to what we saw in the actual games. The, the great thing about Coach Campbell is he set the team up so that the leaders of the team led the team. I mean, that, they were expected to be the ones that set the 
you know, set the standard for how you behaved, how you uh, went out after games and the things you did or didn't do. And uh, so we were ruled by the veterans and he set it up that way. So the veterans had a big part to play in the team. And I was a rookie at the time when I first started. And, you know, and it was, I mean, we had Tom Wilkinson and we had, we had that, that whole crew of guys that were tremendous players. So when did you start to feel that responsibility fell on you then? That you were one near of the, the senior near, guys? By my fourth and fifth year, it became yeah. more important. Yeah. But then probably 87 was the was the first time sort of I was a team captain then. And, you know, we had uh, a great team and uh, ended up in a phenomenal Grey Cup game yeah. uh, out in BC that changed lead five, six times. Yeah. And Gizmo's big run back after the half and a you 49-yard know, field goal to win the game. So, you know, I've had some great times. What about for you, Jed? Was there a point where you felt you went from <laughs> follower to more of a leader or yeah, more from it, a quiet it's, guy it's to more vocal be, guy? It's funny because I came over here in 1990 from Winnipeg. I went to training camp with them and Winnipeg, as you know, um, won the Grey Cup. That was the last time they won the Grey Cup before the internet was invented. Um, <laughs> so he... Uh, you know, when I came in, it was a very, it was a veteran-laden team. They were off a 16-2 and two season. Um, it was a very, very tough team to crack. Uh, I was one of the few guys to make it. And so I just kept my mouth shut, really, for two years, three years. Didn't say anything. You know, it was really difficult to to really come in and try to be, you know, brash or whatever. They didn't, they looked very, you know, I mean, Sean Fleming, when he came in, Larry Ruck hated him. Because Sean drove a Porsche, and Larry, Larry wanted to wanted to beat him up, like, every day. <laughs> Like, he showed up late for practice every day. Like, I swear, like, Larry will confirm this. And then after his first year, Sean kind of smartened up. But it was a very, like, you know, you really wanted to be on your best behavior because the, the veterans were, you know, they really monitored and policed the team really, really well. And then probably, like like Hector said, maybe after we won the Grey Cup in 93, 94, and some of the older guys kind of started peeling away, uh, maybe around 96, I kind of started feeling like I could speak up and say things and then... We had this thing where one guy would yell, hip, hip, hooray, you know, after the game. And uh, I became that guy after Larry left in uh, 96, so, uh, or 97, sorry. And so, I mean, they had these little uh, traditions and little nuances and stuff on game day that certain guys would take on those roles. And the old guys were really good about, like, tapping you on the shoulder and saying it's your turn, right? So, and, you know, Blake Dermott, Rod Knopp, you know, those guys were... You know, youngsters when Hector was around. So, and, and Hector passed on those traditions to them, and they passed it on to me. And then when Singor and AJ were here, right, they took it on. And and you know, they they kind of lost a little bit of that, I think, in the late, uh, the latter part of the the first decade of the 2000s, right. And uh, it, it kind of seems like it's coming back a little bit. But it was uh, it was kind of sad to see some of those traditions lost. Okay, I, I, I wait. Sorry, Hector. I had to laugh when you said, you know, you kept your mouth shut for two years. My, I remember my very first time going to the Eskimos for the first practice I wore <laughs> I, had, I had been in uh, Jamaica that winter yeah. on a vacation and I wore a flower sack uh, thing that I had bought there from the top and the bottom and I had the beard and I other than having a white beard now and whiter hair yeah. I, back then it was just black I looked the same and and uh, they said who the hell is that old guy with the flowers sack? <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> you know it, it was kind of a shock to them yeah. I didn't think anything of it until they thought something of it yeah, I, my yeah. big thing was to go in the weight room and then get a big swell and then come down and walk around the lo the locker room. <laughs> and so the Dwayne, the equipment guy, gave me number forty three because the guy that had that number before me was uh, the infamous Craig Schaefer. So if you've ever spent any time around the Eskimo veterans, they'll tell you some Craig Schaefer stories, and they're they're unbelievable. Like what? Like uh, workout well, fiend? There was one like day he drove to practice and he flipped his Jeep, 
And uh, he left the Jeep there, wheels spinning, ran to practice with his arm bleeding, took duct tape, taped his arm up and practiced. And Coach Campbell asked him where he'd been. And he said, oh, I wrecked my Jeep, Coach. And Coach didn't believe him. So Coach took a drive, went down to the bottom of Rossdale Hill. And sure enough, there's his Jeep with the wheels spinning. He was still just sitting there. still there, yeah. Jed so. Roberts and Hector Pothier <laughs> joining us at the 6.30 Jet Information Center. Yeah. We're live from the Great Cup Festival. I, I wish Larry, I'd known this about Larry and Fleming, Larry Rock and Sean well, Fleming they, when he was here other, an hour yeah. ago. It's okay, so did he just not like that he was a young kicker with a Porsche? He just was, was it practice really, habits? What it, was it? First of all, he was a kicker. Second of all, <laughs> so he, just, he was a kicker. Third of all, he was a kicker. Fourth of all, <laughs> he was a cocky kicker. And so the, the, the deck was stacked against him, and he really but he had real confidence in his abilities, right? He was one of those kids where he came out of college and he had an incredible leg, but, you know, he was one of those uh, all-the-tools-but-no-toolbox types. You know, he could kick the ball a mile, but once the game came around, he would shank it, and we would all look at him like, what are you doing, man? Like, you can't show up to practice on time, and you kick the ball like that when you call your number? Like, you're not going to be here very long. But, but Larry did a good job of kind of, like, grabbing him by the back of his shirt and saying, you know, smarten up, kid, and took him under his wing and... The rest is history. He had a great career. Well, arguably, but you wouldn't know that. By, like, if you look at him now, he's one of the most high, highly decorated Eskimos of all yeah. time. But he didn't get off to a great start. And he probably still drives a Porsche. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. know what, I, I, I don't mind telling you guys this. I, I asked Sean if he's around this week to come do what you guys are doing. Yeah. Sit with me in the information center, yeah. talk, tell stories. Yeah, he's in Hawaii. Yeah, that figures. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a Sean thing he would He'd probably go by himself, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hector Pothy, can you guys stick around just for a few more minutes? Just yeah, take oh, quick we'll, we'll get yeah. a few more stories. Yeah. Thoughts on this Sunday's game with Hector Pothier and Jed Roberts. Inside Sports on 630 Chad at the 2018 Great Cup Festival. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, live from the Grey Cup Festival. Brought to you by Nate Continuing Education. Visit nate.ca/conad. Also with me, former Edmonton Eskimos offensive lineman Hector Pothier and former Jack of All Trades <laughs> Jed Roberts. Did you, did you ever score a touchdown? Uh, not in the CFL. I, I got a fumble once against BC, and Danny Barrett cut my legs out. So I tried to run over him, and he was smart and took my legs out. So. And Hector, it's tough for an old lineman. You got to like recover an offensive yeah. fumble in the end zone. Ever get that would be, that would be the only way? Because if it was live and it was in the middle of the field, I wasn't going to pick it up anyway. I didn't want to <laughs> yeah. get killed by everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Well, you know, Blake Dermott all, often tells me he, he was obvi- obviously a lineman. He often tells me that the offensive linemen are the best athletes on the team if just they would design a play where you could line up as a wide out or something is that how you felt well i mean i had great hands i just had no speed (laughs) (laughs) it put you in for a quarterback sneak or something i could have done one of those tackle eligible in the end zones you know when they don't know and they throw it to you you're wide open right but no they never asked me they never asked you to do that okay uh guys it's i really appreciate you stopping by Uh, Dwayne vino is going to join us in a few minutes as well as uh as we're getting the festival going here it's it's so fun to see this uh i gotta ask you guys about about the game itself i know you still follow the league yeah Uh, uh, very closely. Calgary has the last two disappointing losses in the Grey Cup. Ottawa, still a relatively new franchise, has emerged as the powerhouse out of the East. Hector, how do you see it? Um, any Anything but red. Yeah. Wonder. You know, yeah. It's as simple as that. I, mean, yeah. I know I'm in the West. I'm supposed to cheer for the West. No, sorry. It's Calgary. I cannot ever cheer for Calgary. But what does Ottawa do to win it? Because I would still think you'd, I'd give Calgary the edge, personally. 
Um, perhaps, although I think Ottawa is a much better team than they were when they beat them two years ago. Two years ago, that was a, a hell of an upset. Yeah. Uh, this year, I don't think it'd be quite as... I think Calgary is the better team still, but not by a huge amount anymore. I think Ottawa has proven that they can play football, and they're a pretty decent team, you know, but... Uh, any given day, we'll see. And like I say, I hope it's another one of those days where Calgary yeah. loses. And Jed, you were saying, <laughs> Jed, you were saying you want it to be cold, but not painfully cold. Yeah, I want it cold. to be. You know, <laughs> they're talking about moving the game, you know, back up to like maybe Halloween or something like that. And you know, that I would, I would be sad to see that happen because I think that's part of the tradition of the Grey Cup. You know, sometimes you wake up on Grey Cup morning and it's. It's uh, minus 20, and, and people are like, oh, man, we got to go out there and play a game. Uh, I want it to be cold, but I don't want it to be too cold or, or snowy. Who that was we can't, that, by the that way? That was Rod Knopp. Yeah, and I the thought governor, he looked familiar. The governor, yeah. Um, we to get him on, too. Yeah, it's uh, – I, I actually – I'm gonna. I'm cheering for Ottawa because my dad played for Ottawa. Um, and I was just out there uh, earlier in the fall there – or, sorry, later in the summer there where I picked up my dad's Grey Cup ring from 1969. So uh, I have special feelings toward the Ottawa Red Blacks organization. And um, I'm, I think that their receiving core is unbelievable and very underrated. And I think that uh, – Calgary's had a lot of injuries at receiver, and I think they got Rogers back, which makes them a little bit tougher. But uh, I think that Ottawa's got – they're coming together at the right time. And I think that Calgary's a little bit too inconsistent for my liking in, in terms of, like, being able to pull everything together for one game. I think that – in my mind, I think Ottawa has to be favored because they've been there for – you know, they've been right in there with uh, Calgary. You know, they, it yep. seems like they've been in the last three or out of four of them, both yep. teams. So – I'm cheering for Ottawa, and I'm with I'm with Hector. I, I can't cheer for Calgary for anything. When I when I drive through Calgary, I take my hearing aids off and close my eyes. So. <laughs> I pull a Helen Keller. And I, and I grew up in the East, and I was an Ottawa Rough Rider fan as a yep. kid. Oh, nice. Our whole family. My dad was too. Yeah, guys. Uh Quickly, and thanks for being so generous with the time. Uh, Hector, uh, give me 10 seconds uh, what you're up to now, besides uh, running the alumni stuff. Yeah, well, I'm a principal at an elementary school called Kamiasik and uh, with Edmonton Public Schools, and it's been a great job and a great career with them. And you, got, so you said 60 alumni coming on Friday? Yeah, we have about 60 alumni yeah. coming to the you know the Canadian Tire Legends lunch, and we're excited because we've got a we got a great lineup. We got we got Tom Wilkinson, Bruce Lemmer, and Damon Allen, Matt Dunnigan, Ricky Ray. All those quarterbacks are going to yeah. be on stage for a hot stove, and it should awesome. be a fun time. And Jed, I work as a family support worker for an organization called Ubuntu Children and Families. It's part of Boyle Street, and uh, I just work with families and trying to keep families together and help them to uh, guide them toward better futures. Guys, great stuff. Thanks for coming by. Hey, thanks thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Live from the Grey Cup Festival. Brought to you by Nate Continuing Education. Visit nate.ca slash conad. And the festival is off and running, all leading up to the big game on Sunday, Red Blacks and Stampeders. Here's what's happening in the NHL tonight. Late in the third period, Devils up 5-2 on the Canadians. The Rangers have just finished off the Islanders 5-0. Penguins beat the Stars 5-1. Late in the third, Washington leads Chicago 4-2. Hurricanes lead the Leafs 3-2. Early third, Buffalo with a 4-2 edge on the Flyers, and the Bruins and Red Wings tied 1-1. After two, Tampa Bay four Florida two and in the second period Blues and Predators it's Nashville up 2-1 Wild up 3-1 on the Sens late in the first no score Golden Knights and Coyotes Reed Wilkins in the 630 Chet Information Center where we have a great trailer set up here uh, we got the information uh, 
part of it on the uh, west side of the trailer, and we're broadcasting from the east side, and we're just off 99th and Jasper. You can't miss it uh, when you come into the festival. Our street team is here giving away uh, footballs and having a lot of fun, and having a lot of fun and working very hard is Dwayne Vineau, the executive director of the Great Cup Festival. Dwayne, it's great to see you. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. It's off and running. How are you feeling now? I feel very good. You know, uh, we've worked very hard to, <laughs> to get this thing up and running, and we had a, a very successful kickoff party tonight, and it's still running, and, you know, we've got a great crowd out there, so it's it's pretty good for a Wednesday night. This is pretty good. The weather's uh, pretty good. Really nice day. It's uh, it's not frigid at all. It's really great to be out, and the week looks pretty good. And I, I, the position I could see here, I could hear some music start, and I could see some fireworks, but the rooftop of the building is a little out of my view. So tell me about the, the secret band and the, and the rooftop concert, how yeah, that all went yeah, off. Yeah, so what we did is uh, you know, we had our sort of official ribbon cutting, you know, we had the commissioner here and we had the lieutenant governor here and uh, some uh, some of our, the Shaw the, you know, the title sponsor of Grey Cup and did sort of the official kickoff and then you know, sort of halfway through the program all of a sudden uh, on the rooftop of the CKUA building right behind us uh, we kicked off and uh, Strombellas performed, uh, you know, for 15 minutes, so it, uh, it was sort of cool having that concert in the sky and then we had a, uh, you know, it was a video, sorry, taped uh, down below for the crowd. So it was great. And what, what are some of the other highlights happening? I mean, I know every, everything that's going on, but what are some of the highlights tonight, concerts or anything like that? Yeah, so tonight really it was, uh, it's just a short sort of sneak peek. It's it's the kickoff. We had the had the concert, and right now um, we're opened up most of our activations. So the, the tube, the Jiffy Loop tube is, is running. The zip line's running. Um, there's people out at their Epcor Street Ski tonight. And so we're really just giving people, you know, the, the fans a, a quick taste. And um, it's great. You know, it's a Wednesday night. And a lot of times in Grey Cups and other markets, they don't even start, you know, the first event is the awards on a Thursday. So right. we've got a great crowd out here. And, you know, Edmontonians are really supporting us. And uh, I think I see a lot of other jerseys already. So I think some of the fans are coming in early too. Well, that's what I want to say. That's what I like seeing. And, and I caught here at, at three. And there were already people milling around before everything was really open. And some things were still being the, the finishing touches on, on being set up. A lot of Eskimo jerseys, obviously, people with the face paint and, and the pins. And, and I just love that tradition of it. And even yesterday, well, oh, now the Grey Cup's in town. Oh, it's, yeah. it's brought in. I, I just love all that lead up to the game and all the all the little traditions that add up to make it such a great week. Yeah, you know, Grey Cup is awesome. It doesn't matter who you cheer for or who your colors are. Everyone is proud of, the, of their colors, and they and they they wear them proudly. And um, I think it's sort of the only time of the year that you you don't get in any trouble in someone else's market wearing your team <laughs> colors. But it's so good to see, and uh, there's lots of them out today. And you know, I think we're going to have a great week. You know, just uh, this is a great kickoff. There's um, weather has been great. You know, it's it's supposed to be nice all the way through, and I think the game's only minus five or something, so it's going to be a good week. Uh, Dwayne Vano joining us, executive director of of the Grey Cup Festival. When you're when you're planning something like this, as you have been doing for for a while now, um, give me a sense of finding that. I mean, you want to make it as big as possible, but you know it's November in in northern Alberta, and you're taking up a chunk of a of a major road in the in the city. What's it like, sort of leveraging all that, finding the balance of we got to make this big and impressive 
but we got to respect some, some limitations or work around them. Is that like 90% of what you've been doing for the well, past y- couple of years? Yeah, it's sort of interesting how it all happened. You know, uh, Sir Winston Churchill Square was is, uh, is shut down for construction. So when, uh, when Grey Cup was awarded to Edmonton, we had to say, where are we going? Where are we putting the festival? And, um, you know, the Shaw Conference Centre is a big venue for us. We have that venue booked all weekend long, starting tomorrow every room of that every square inch of that facility from breakfast to lunches to dinners to concerts to team rooms to you name it and so we thought you know one of the some great cups in the past i've been to you're always in a car you know you're right. you go to an event here and then you got to get into a car to go here and then you got to get into a car to go here so we like the concept of being very tight and compact so it doesn't matter where you're going what you're doing you're all in the same sort of area so then we thought well it would be cool to be in front of Jasper uh, Jasper Avenue, right by the Shaw, because then it's even tighter than it than it was last time, and that's how it all started. And then when the zip line came up, we thought, well, let's go into the River Valley. And then once we got a zip line, well, what what about a bungee? And then what about a skiing? And what about this? And and we just finally had to stop because. Uh, it's all about partners, you know. Our partners. If we didn't have strong partnerships, we wouldn't be able to do all this. Had Jeff Garcia on the show last night, shortly after he'd gone down the tube slide. Yeah. So, and, and now obviously it's off and running tonight. I've seen a few of the preliminary uh, zip line journeys over the last couple of days with some of the uh, people that got an advance uh, try of that. So that, that's pretty that's pretty cool as well. And it, it's going right over Grierson Hill. Yeah. So you, you could know, be driving up or down Grierson and see people. Yeah. Or you'll yeah you'll 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 be driving up and down and you'll see people going over top of you and um, it's quite the ride. The, the zip track guys that run it for us they uh they said it's a pretty good ride like you know it's going a bit downhill so it's yep. they said it's pretty good and, and it feels when it's going the elevation is changing i think it gives it a different perspective Dwayne, in terms of what's happening over the next couple of days uh when can people uh come down what are some of the highlight uh, events that might be happening yeah so the festival opens every day at 11 and it goes till 11 o'clock at night and uh, that's thursday friday saturday and so that's everything that we just talked about and it's completely free that's a lot of people don't know is you can ride the zip and the bungee and and the tube slide and not pay a not pay a cent and um you know so that's the great part about it we want to give people the opportunity to do things and 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 not have to put out your pocketbook the only thing you have to do is you know buy a burger if you want or whatever so it's some food and beverage and then outside of the festival part we have about 50 different events so you know tomorrow night for example is the um uh, player awards at, at the Winsper Center. Afterwards, we're having a diversity and strength party here in the Shaw. Um, then all the, te- you know, Spirit of Edmonton opens up tomorrow night in the West End, and that's, uh, that runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All the team rooms are open Friday, Saturday. Um, from, so there's a team, like every team in the CFL will have a, a room in the in the area. Right. And then uh, Friday night, we have gala dinner. You know, Alan Doyle's playing that, and he's, uh, it's basically the, you know, great big C band. Yep. Uh, you know the entertainment stage at the far end of the of the site. We have nonstop entertainment on the on Cooper stage from eleven till eleven at night. Tomorrow night the Watchmen are playing. Nice and um, yeah, so it's just the Boston Pizza Sports Bar, which is right beside the entertainment stage where you can uh, you know have a beer while you're watching watching the show. We have the esports gaming zone at that end as well, where we're having an esports tournament all weekend long, and then you can go and play yourself as well. But we have pros in here playing, wow, which amazing. is sort of cool. 
And yeah, we just have, we tried to do something for everybody. We wanted to be able to come down with families and have some good family fun. Or if you want to come down with some buddies and grab some beers or, or whatever it is, we feel like we've got music for everybody. We, uh, you know, like our, our, our brick family, you're right beside us here is the brick family zone. Inside of there, have you been in there yet? Not yet. There's a mini zip line. Oh, nice. There's a mini tube and um, a mini bungee jump. And so a lot of kids, uh, you know, that are not, you know, the height restrictions or, or weight, they can't go on the main zip. So we thought, well, let's give something for the kids to do. And that's all inside that heated uh, brick family zone. Incredible. Well, yeah. th- this looks great. The, the, the city looks great. You and your crew have done an incredible job organizing this. And I know it's going to be a wonderful few days. So 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. It's all. Come, it, come it, back. And how, how late does it stay open tonight if people still want to sneak it's actually clo- It's actually closing up at about 15 minutes. Okay. So, but, all right. But we have a free concert tonight so we have um cardinal is is playing and haldy in the sh- in the shaw conference center it starts oh, at eight o'clock. so anyone that wants to come down free concert get in it holds about a thousand people and um uh yeah yeah you know it's not very often you get to go to a free show thanks for stopping by man yeah, thank, thank you. you very much Dwayne vino he's the executive director of the great cup festival we are broadcasting live right now inside sports on 6 30 jet This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. I have to say that this show has a festival atmosphere because we're at the Great Cup Festival, 630 Chad Information Center, right on Jasper Avenue. We're in a great trailer just off 99th Street. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. I will be here again tomorrow. We have our uh, street team members out in front of the information center. They're giving away uh, some stuff, and uh, I, I will come out and I'll come out of my hamster cage and say hi to people after the show if they are so inclined. I got to tell you, we, we I have a colleague at work, very hard worker, very creative young colleague that say I'm more. excited about her future in the industry. Wow. And that is Morgan Black, who is uh, joining me now. How are you, Morgan? I'm well, thank you for that delightful intro. No problem. I want to get straight, though, to your work before we we talk. Uh, Morgan uh, does uh, features on a whole bunch of stuff, and she's doing a whole series on uh, on the Grey Cup and Grey Cup-related people or festivities, events, all that kind of stuff. And she has uh, this one here that she has called Esk's Cheer. The Grey Cup Festival Report is brought to you by Nate Continuing Education. Visit nate.ca slash coned. There's another group of athletes in the spotlight this weekend. For 6.30 Ched, I'm Morgan Black. CFL cheer teams from across the country will gather at the Shaw Conference Centre to put on a show like no other. It's your chance to watch the athletes tumble on the mat and fly through the air. Longtime Edmonton Eskimos cheer team coach and pioneer in her field, Diane Greeno, is finishing off her many seasons with the team this year at the Grey Cup. Cheerleading has grown and changed over the years and certainly become much more acrobatic uh, between the gymnastics and the stunting. Um, There's young ladies being vaulted uh, 20 feet in the air and uh, stunting that is very entertaining to watch. Most of the teams have males on the team now as well, so you'll get to see some, some different athletes. In 1996, the first year she was with the Eskimos, the team traveled to the Grey Cup in Hamilton. 
After coming home, Greeno said she wanted to see more cheer. There was nothing going on, and so I came home from that experience, and I said to the GM at the time, Hugh Campbell, that I we were hosting Grey Cup next year, and I said, I want to see the CFL cheerleaders all at this event. I would love to put together a cheer extravaganza. I want to get them all in the parade. I'd like to see them in the spirit of Edmonton performing at the breakfast and in the evening. I want to see them in the pregame and the halftime show. The next year, the CFL hosted its first ever cheer extravaganza, and the rest is history. It is with great joy that, that I will love coaching this entire Grey Cup weekend, enjoy every last moment of, of working for the Edmonton Eskimos and working with these amazing athletes. The event begins November 24th at 3 p.m. at the Shaw Conference Centre. I'm Morgan Black on your home for the Great Cup Festival, 6.30 Chad. Okay, so that's the kind of stuff you're doing, Morgan. A lot going on for the Great Cup. Where where did you get all these ideas? Honestly, I just think about what a non-football fan might be interested in knowing, and then I think about what someone in the middle, maybe not a super die-hard fan, and then I kind of mesh it together and... There we are. Okay, so you consider yourself a non-football fan? I'm a medium football a fan. A medium football I've fan? I've certainly become more <laughs> of a football fan since joining the 630 Ched team because it's kind of a way of life and also becoming your friend because we... I need to be able to talk about sports to be your friend, I suppose. So. Well, I appreciate that, that <laughs> someone's actually going out of their way to, to get along with me. Um, so you've, what, what other uh, Eskimos, because I know that you're p- kind of putting out one every day this week. Yes. I know some have been airing on other shows. You want to know ones that are coming or, or ones that have already happened? Or anything, or where people can so listen did, to ones that have already aired. So you can find them on 880edmonton.ca, but there's also uh, one about the Spirit of Edmonton, which is basically the biggest party in town. I haven't been, but... I'm going to go. Yeah, we're having somebody from the Spirit of Edmonton on the show tomorrow. It's going to be great. And then I'm compiling some facts and stats that you might not know, because I know football fans are big into their stats, but these are more like, how many hot dogs does... Oh, how many hot can you give us a hint? Um, Is it over a thousand? The the, number I know off the top of my head is there's 28,000 strips of bacon that the Shaw Conference Center is going to serve in the next, like, couple of days. 28,000 strips of bacon. And I don't know what your ratio, like, maybe it'll be like 400 of those. How many full pigs is that? I don't want to think about it. I haven't done the, I haven't done those kinds of calculations. Uh, what else we got? Esports, another kind of non-football. Uh, okay, thing now about the esports stuff. That I, I mean, I, I know a little bit about it. I know there are people now doing this professionally, like oh, playing yes. playing oh, video yes. games. So what did you find out about that? Well, so they're doing League of Legends, which I've never played before. I back in my day, I played a lot of Pokemon, which apparently never went live with streaming. But um, they're all going to get together, uh, eight teams of forty people, and they're just going to. And what games do they play? Are League they playing football games? Le- no, no, League I don't know what League of, League of Legends, Legends is. It's it's like a, I believe it. I people are going to call in and be like, that's not what it is. But I think it's like a battling game. Okay. So it's does it have orcs? I'm not sure if there are orcs. It had, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> if you could text to 63630, <laughs> let us know if League of Legends has us. orcs. Or just what it is. And that's, what uh, the heck is it? And that's Kirby Bourne, also a member of our uh, uh, our wonderful crew at 630 Ched and Global News Radio 880. And uh, you're more into the uh, digital, social media, web type stuff. Yes. So, it, it, obviously, um, this is a... There is a plethora of content opportunities here at the Grey Cup. One might say a plethora. <laughs> yeah, why did you say plethora? That's how we say it in Evansburg, Okay. <laughs> 
That was a weird move. That was weird. But there is a, a plethora or a plethora, however you would like to say it. There is plenty to do down here. Definitely a lot. So are you going to be, now you were here earlier, you were live streaming some interviews. So yes. where, can, where can people find that either live or later? Uh, you can, so we had Henry Burris in earlier. That is live on our, that is on our Facebook page now. And if you keep a close eye on our Instagram stories over the next couple of days, we're going to have some fun stuff on there as well. Okay. And Morley's out doing stuff with, uh, with Ryan King, I saw. Yes. That one's on Facebook as well. He talked to Ryan King about what it's like to be in the city, but not be playing in the game. And sounds like he's still expecting to have a good time and then we'll have uh, the spirit of Edmonton people you're talking to tomorrow we'll do that one on Facebook live so people can watch that as well as listen they are awesome. so much fun they really we talked to them yesterday for a little bit it sounds like a party I pushed to get the recipe for sluice juice I was like Jerry you gotta tell me they did, don't. Did they he will, tell you? No. No, he just told me it looks like orange juice. He and also, I was like, but it's not. He also told me he doesn't know. So whether oh. whether he's just trying to keep the secret or... And it has a considerable amount of alcohol in it. Yes. This is also what he they, told me. This is a fact that I have coming up in one of my features. Two 500-liter tanks, and they say they go through it three to four times for each breakfast. <laughs> really? Of That's sluice juice. breakfast, too. It's insane. It's <laughs> getting the day started. Yes. Uh, Kirby so Bourne. that's where we, we will be tomorrow. Kirby Bourne and Morgan Black joining me here on Inside Sports. Uh, we're live in the 630 Chet Information Center. Uh, Morgan, i got to ask you about one of the other features you did in the last couple of weeks. What was the one about the squirrel? Oh, the squirrel in the car. This okay. is the one. Okay, this is I, so I, I saw how many retweets and likes it got okay, on Twitter, okay. and it was like in the thousands. Yes, it was the greatest so story. It is amazing. So you can still <laughs> see the feature. It's on our website. So this squirrel, this woman had been driving her car throughout the winter. One day, she pops the hood. Instead of an engine, she finds pine cones. Well, she still found an engine. Hundreds right. and hundreds, hundreds of, pine, of cones. pine cones. So he had, he had been building... A stash. Yeah, it was his little home. I honestly, that was I honestly, his home for the winter. He was I, the Walter White of squirrels. I, I watched that video and I was like, I wish this would happen to me because that would be so funny. But the best part is, is when the woman started removing the pine cones, the squirrel started beaking her, started mm-hmm. chirping at her from the fence yep. post. She went home, went to work, came back, felt bad, and she collected all of the ones she had thrown out and she put them in a little box for him. That's also a video you can watch right now at 630 chedcom And then what did he do with them? <laughs> the squirrel? Sell them to other squirrels? We haven't done a follow-up story. We should. What we has should. the squirrel done? We, I think we need to get into this squirrel's past. <laughs> Tell the squirrel's story. Get to the real and story. And where did things go wrong? That he felt he needed to take over? Or maybe go right. Maybe he's like the kingpin of all the squirrels. <laughs> if he has all those pine cones. I don't know the squirrel hierarchy. This is asking too many questions about squirrels. He's a red squirrel. That's I don't, what I know I don't for know. Sure. I don't know. I don't know if they're angrier. They're definitely redder. Hey, it's great that you two dropped by. I know you're working <laughs> very hard this week. This is this is really fun that we have the Great Cup Festival here in Edmonton. So thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having us. Anytime. Morgan Black and Kirby Bourne, two of my colleagues at 630 Chet. All right, we're winding her down. Thanks to our on-site engineer, Angie Quinnell. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. Thanks to all the members of the 630 Chet Promotions and Street Team Department for helping out. Uh, I'm back here tomorrow. Afternoon News is back here tomorrow. We will have more fun talking about the Grey Cup and, of course, the latest from Oilers practice. Ken Hitchcock will lead his first practice tomorrow in Anaheim. The game is at 2 o'clock on Friday afternoon. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.